You're listening to Addicted to Growth. Join us each week as we sit down with sales, marketing, and revenue leaders on the front lines of innovation. New insights, new playbooks, new tech, new lessons. Step forward into growth and development or backwards into safety and security. The choice is yours. Let's get into the show. The purpose of this podcast is to share stories and um, perspectives from industry leaders who are on the ground doing the day-to-day work in sales, innovating, reinventing themselves and their businesses. So today we are super fortunate to have Larry Long Jr. on with us and I'm super excited. Um, Some quick context. I met Larry during a happy hour um, that was put on by an industry leader, uh, Morgan J. Ingram. And, you know, initially we had a connection off the rip and um, just wanted to continue the conversation. And after, you know, doing some quick research and seeing that he's in the collegiate sales world, which is super interesting to me because, you know, being a um, a college sports fan, like everybody, I'm sure that's listening, um, it's super intriguing to me and such a field that I don't know much about. So I'm really excited to have him on and share some of what he's up to and um, some of his leadership and lessons with us. So welcome to the show, Larry. Thanks so much, Travis. Uh, Truly blessed, humbled, and fortunate to join you. Looking forward to it. I love it. So Kev, you want to jump in um, and and take us off? Yeah, you know, I I think the best thing, um, you know, Larry, if you can just give us a quick 30 seconds on on yourself, you know, where you're at, what you're all about, just give a little intro to to who you are. I appreciate it, Kevin. So Larry Long Jr., I'm currently the director of collegiate sales at Teamworks. We sell a communication collaboration uh, platform. It's a software platform to elite athletic teams. I've been blessed. Uh, having played baseball at University of Maryland, go Terps, to be able to sell my team sales into the collegiate space. Uh, right now, it's, uh, it's a tenuous market with all sports on hold, but we're getting ready for uh, when we get over this hump and we're ready to rock and roll. So my background, sales leadership, uh, sales motivation, really helping propel sales professionals to take their game to that next level. Amazing. Amazing. So, I mean, and you can even just hear the enthusiasm in your voice. So I can see that the motivation, the sales coaching, um, getting better at your craft every single day is probably something that just naturally drives you. Uh, when was it within your career that you kind of had a sense that this was sort of the direction you wanted to go versus maybe, you know, an individual contributor type role? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I've been selling since I was 10. My sister was born when I was 10 years old and being an only child, I said, whoa, I don't get all the attention. So I've been learning how to tap dance, do card tricks and, and talk loud, be the center of attention since then. But I've really had, have, I've had a giving spirit. I love to help others. And in sales, I think sales equals helping. Uh, so I like to, to sell and in sales leadership, I like to help others to take their craft to the next level. I, I would really say in sports, uh, I've, I've been the natural leader. Uh, I don't know if it's just because I'm loud, but uh, just I work hard and in sales professionally, just being able to help others that are hungry. 
the my my biggest pet peeve is talent that that doesn't get recognized. I don't. We can be friends, but you can't be on my team if you're not about your business and about accomplishing something and about helping others. So uh, I hope that answers your question. And just being a sales leader gets me excited because I love this to be a witness, like LeBron said, to others accomplishing success by them helping other people. It's it's kind of like this virtuous cycle where it's a win 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 situation for everybody. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. And I, I absolutely love uh, just the natural enthusiasm and want to, to give, right? You're seeing it's a bit more rewarding to see those around you succeed versus that, that selfishness. So absolutely love that. I know sales coaching is a you know, passion of yours, something that you've really, really heavily focused on. If you look at sales coaching today, I think there's a ton of, there's a ton of technology. There's a ton of data at everyone's fingertips that's really changed the game within how, how you can coach, right? If you were to break down sales coaching, what does it mean to you? And what are some of the main you know, components to be an effective sales coach? Yeah, I love it. Great question. And you're right. The game is changing each and every day with technology and that's across all industries. But when I think about sales coaching, and just coaching in general. I mean, I, I used to own a baseball academy. It really comes down to the fundamentals of, you, you mentioned it before, you can't be a me monster. If, if, if you're all about yourself and not about others, you're not going to have success. So for me, it's really about understanding what are others' motivations? What are their goals? Where are they trying to get to? And, and really coaching is very similar to sales. My, my definition of sales is playing matchmaker. You're matching your products, your services, your ideas and thoughts with someone else's needs, wants, desires, hopes, dreams, and aspirations. So I'm trying to match what I've learned uh, through the years, through mistakes, as well as through mentors, to help my reps and to help any rep to get to where they want to get to. And, and it's not always sales leadership. It's not always about money. Every person is different. So it's really understanding what are those motivations? Where are they trying to get to? And then tailoring your coaching, tailoring your, your, your leading and your guidance to help them to get to where they want to get to. So it, 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 it definitely looks uh, differently for each person. Uh, what, I, what I've learned is that cookie cutter coaching, it's not going it's, to, it's very tough to be successful with just cookie cutter. And I've seen plenty of environments. 150 calls a day, got to be 150 calls a day or you're out of here. That, that's old school. I know you mentioned selling from a uh, note card, selling out of the uh, yellow pages. The good old uh, days. Or <laughs> changing. So it's, it's a changing game. It absolutely is. And I think, you know, when you, when you talked about the motivation of being different for everybody, you're absolutely right. I, I talked to a lot of my reps and it's about understanding where do they want to be. And, and my job is to help them get them there, regardless of what it is. Right. And it's going to be different from all. Right. What I think is really interesting is the motivation piece. Right. I think there's an element that you probably look at sales leadership, sales management, and they have a responsibility to motivate their team. I think there's also a responsibility for the actual individual contributor to motivate themselves. Where on the spectrum does it fall? Is it 50-50? Is it 60-40? I'd, I'd love to hear your take on that. Yeah, I, I might be out there. Uh, and I had this conversation in a training session this morning. A young lady asked, uh, where can I get my enthusiasm? And I don't know, the best in the business, Tony Robbins. I mean, he's, he's on fire. But if you don't have that burning fire from within, and this is something I look to hire for is that internal drive. If you don't have that internal motivation, I can't give it to you. 
I don't know if the best coaches in the world can give it to you. You've got it. It starts from within. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's one of those things where you can't necessarily manufacture. So I'm going to, I'm going to say hundred percent comes from the rep. Now, is it the leaders? Is it the, the organization's responsibility to foster that for sure? But it's not my responsibility to give you that motivation. If you're not motivated, if you're not on board with what we're trying to accomplish, if you're not on the same page, it, it, it's, it's, it's a moot cause. I mean, it, it's, it's a lost cause. Good luck. That, that's a fact. And, and it's interesting, too, like when you say this internal motivation, it's something that we also chatted about with Morgan a little bit. Um, and he was mentioning on his journey to, you know, figuring out what he should be doing himself. And he's self-aware enough to know how to guide himself there. So I guess could you give us some tips of how people can find that internal motivation? Just like a couple of quick tidbits, because I feel like when you're a rep starting out, if you don't have a goal that's like outside of work, you can start to really get lost and you're trying to create an identity in this like professional world, but like you don't really have a sense of direction. So could you talk a little bit to how people can like carve out and maybe find some motivation? Travis, you nailed it right there. Uh, goal setting, written goals, having a written business plan, both professionally, but even more importantly, personally. I'm a big believer that we own our own businesses. So, I mean, I, I get a paycheck from Teamworks, but essentially I own Larry Long Jr. LLC. So I would encourage all the reps out there to write your professional plan. It's, it's a work back plan. Where do you want to get to uh, a month from now, a quarter from now, a year from now? And then what's that path look like? And we all know that the path is going to change, but you got to have a compass. Essentially, if I'm trying to sail from New York to Africa, and I don't have a compass, I'm going to end up in the North Pole chilling with Santa. Now, if I have a compass and I don't use it, I put it in the glove compartment, I'm going to get lost. It's the same thing. So many reps have their professional business plan, whatever, whatever you want to call it, but they don't use it. So essentially, they're flying blind. They don't have that direction. They don't have that motivation because without a written goal, it's pretty much left. It's just left for hope. And hope ain't a strategy. It's left for wishing and wishing ain't a strategy. I mean, we all wish upon a star, but you better have a solid goal, objection, objective of where you want to get to and how you plan on getting there. That's where it starts. So I would say if you don't take anything away from what I said, write down your goals, write down your plan to get to those goals and realize it's going to continue to change. It's going to iterate. You're going to test. You're going to learn. But uh, enjoy the journey. See, I love that because when it comes to goal setting, when it comes to planning, that's something that I've personally found has had a very positive impact on my career. I'm naturally very passionate about it. I do it in my professional life. I do it in my personal life. And I think one of my favorite quotes that always just comes back to me, it's everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face, right? Great, Mike Tyson. Great, great philosopher, Mike Tyson. Right? And so whenever I'm doing my planning, I take a look and I'm like, all right, six months out, 12 months out, if my plan were to fail, why is it, why is it failing? Right. And you said, you got to learn, you got to adapt, you got to be agile. You know, is there something that you can maybe reflect on within, within your career, right? Something that you had a plan, maybe it didn't go exactly to how you had planned, but you're able to identify that or how do you identify that, right? To be agile enough to course correct it and still hit that goal. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I own my own business. I had an indoor baseball softball academy. 
And as you can tell, I'm very passionate about a lot of things, but baseball is my love. Played baseball at University of Maryland, go Terps. So this was my baby, baseball, softball, teaching youngsters the fundamentals of the game, but more importantly, fundamentals of life. Well, let's fast forward a year and some change into the business. We're struggling to keep the lights on. We're struggling to be able to pay our bills. And I was able to call uh, mom and, and pops long for a bailout. But uh, after about seven bailouts, they said, you know what, little Larry, we love you so much. We're not going to bail you out anymore. Uh, this business is, is not your plan uh, is not working out. And uh, really what I learned there from, from just a business perspective, you've got to understand your numbers. And the numbers that I understood were batting averages, stolen bases, RBIs. Those aren't the numbers that you need to know for a business. You've got to understand cash flows. You've got to understand the income statement and the balance sheet. And, and it's funny because when I left that job, I went to a company that was an artificial intelligence platform that helped uh, CPAs and accountants explain the numbers to their business owners. A lot of times business owners know their business, but they don't know the numbers, which are so important. So that, that would be one of the key lessons that I've learned. And I've continued that, even though I work for companies, understanding the numbers and how that impacts the success of the business is super important. And if you think about the time we're going through right now, super important. Do you understand the company you work for, the economics and how the numbers work out? Amazing. Th thank you for sharing that. Cause I think what's, you know, you, you take a look at, you just pop on your LinkedIn profile, right? And you're like, wow, this guy's really, really successful. And I think you probably experience this professionally, you experience this playing sports and playing baseball. It's like, yeah, well, what you don't see are the failures, the, the hard lessons learned. And I think we want to be able to bring that type, that type of stuff to the surface because it's something that every single one of us goes through. So, so thank you for sharing that. Hey, hey, Kevin, I want to say thank you, because along this journey line, everyone has a journey line, and there's highs, the, the birth of my son and my daughter. There's lows, not making it to professional baseball. I went to spring training in 2001. The Dodgers and the Red Sox told me to hit the road. There's been more highs of sales success, sales coaching success, and more lows in terms of a failed business, but you, you learn through each and every one of those, and each and every one, if you look at it the right way, is kind of a stepping stone. You build off of that foundation and offer those learnings to propel you for future success. I'm in the process now of launching a business and I can tell you the lessons that I learned back in 2004 are, are at the top of my mind and I'm going to make sure I don't make those same mistakes. So, so what do you think, you know, uh, it, it's not making the same mistakes, but I think it's also a look ahead as to how, you know, as we said, how the game is changing, right? So I'm seeing a lot of different things pop up new roles, new technologies, uh, social is having a whole new element to how we sell today. What are some of the more innovative things that you're looking at that are, that are going to be, you know, paying dividends for you in the long run? Yeah, I mean, you said social. You took that right off the top of my head. I, I didn't know you were a mind reader. But what we're also seeing is the virtual. I mean, right right now, we're on a Zoom. Who would have thunk it that, that uh, we would be on a Zoom? And earlier, I did a training via Zoom. I'm able to see everyone's uh, smiling faces. I'm able to read body language. So we're going to see more and more virtual just virtual events, virtual interactions, uh, and and I think it's time for it. If if you're if you're ready to adjust and you're ready to adapt, the opportunity is huge. If you're stuck 
and you got the blinders on and you're not open to it, you're going to get left behind. So I think this time is really going to be a time of great innovation, uh, artificial intelligence, the use of video, uh, the use of virtual, the use of social, uh, international outreach. I mean, right now we're going through a global, a worldwide pandemic. But I think that as a, a, a people, just people in general around the world, we're, we're getting closer. They call it social distancing. I'm going to call it physical distancing. I see a lot of social connections. Perfect example. I would have never met Travis if it wasn't for what we're going through. So, so fortunate, so blessed and keeping my eyes and my ears and my mind open to other potential opportunities to learn, to grow, to engage and connect. I love that, man. And uh, the, the crazy thing that I always come back to is when I first meet people, there's always like, again, th this is just, it is what it is. I always have a sense that there's a little bit of insanity that's inside of their brains. And I'm saying that in a good way, because when I first met you, I was like, man, like there's gotta be something different about this guy. Cause his energy is just on a whole different playing field. Like, and to that point, like one thing I'm curious about is like, what's something like speaking of social connections, how we've met, like what's something that you think is, you know, regular and that needs to get done, but other people might find is completely insane. Oh man. Well, well, I want to say thank you for saying a little bit of insanity. I mean, if you ask my wife and my kids, it's a lot of insanity. So to, to answer your question, the, the, my, my first job, my first career out of college worked at Accenture. And uh, one of the, the, the best lessons that I learned, this was, I'm dating myself, this was 2000, uh, was really the importance of details. The little details mean so much. And if you just look around, if you look to your left, look to your right on your Zoom, the little details are missing. The, the dotting of the I's, the crossing of the T's, the uh, say-do ratio. If I say I'm going to do something, then I better do it. I'm batting a 1,000. If I say I'm going to do something, I don't do it. That's now called a say do do ratio, and no one wants to be uh, there. So it's just the little things, the please, the thank you. I mean, I've got a daughter that's in kindergarten. These are the basics, and and what what we're seeing now. You hear all the conversation around lead with empathy, uh, be prospect focused. This is this, this ain't brand new. Come on, Travis. This is not brand new. As a sales professional, this is what we should have been doing all along, but now it's being magnified. Where, as Josh Braun talks about illumination, it's being illuminated that a lot of folks have been coasting by without the basic fundamentals, without being empathetic, without thinking through uh, what the future customer, what the prospect is going through. And now we're being forced to do it, but we should have been doing it all along. Yeah, I agree with that so much. I, there's so much, um, there's so much content of like how to sell in today's climate and how to market in today's climate. And as I'm hearing it, it's like, no, this is how you, you should have been selling all along. Right. And I think either a, it's just, you know, people are not as okay with getting away with not being empathetic, right? Like, I, I think there was probably a, a little percentage of like, yeah, no, I can just get like, play the volume game and get my message out and see what falls back. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think what it is, is, is how you're selling today is really how you should be selling all along. It's just, there's a greater importance to it, right? Um, there's a more of an importance just to be better at your craft. I personally think that sales and really any client facing role they're going to come out of this one of two ways, significantly stronger and better 
or significantly worse. I think the gap between your top performers and your low performers are going to actually, is actually going to increase. Would love to get your take. And, and if there's specific reasons on why you think that or, or don't think that, we'd love to kind of dive into the detail there. You're, you're absolutely right. I think from an individual perspective, the cream is going to rise to the top. I think from an organizational perspective, those organizations, sales organizations, uh, overall organizations that are doing the right things and have the basic fundamentals. Uh, so often uh, we, we get kind of wild and we start thinking about this and that and this and that. It comes down to the basics, the ABCs. It's the blocking and tackling, the hitting off of a tee, the hitting your free throws of sales. And, and that really comes down to, uh, I use the word, it's a four-letter word, C-A-R-E, care. Do you really care? People, people are pretty bright. Uh, they can smell BS from a mile away. And uh, the folks that we engage with, whatever industry, they can smell whether you're uh, genuine, whether you really care about them, or are you passionate about what you're doing? Uh, are you compassionate about what they're going through? And we're going to see the big divide. You, you talked about how we're, you're either going to be stronger or worse. If you remain the same, you, you've taken three steps back. If you're using this time to get closer to, to your clients, to have conversations, to learn, to grow, and you're able to use your brain, which separates us from artificial intelligence, you're, you're going to be 10 steps ahead of the rest and it's gonna be it's gonna be crystal clear when we get on the other side of this whenever that is it's gonna be crystal clear who who did what I, I can't wait I'm looking forward to seeing it and I'm making sure I mean I can only control me I'm making sure that I'm part of that group that that's not taking advantage but using this opportunity to to to, to level up I got a quick follow-up on that like can we create a virtual player real quick? Basically, can we think of, so like, for example, let's say there's a sales rep. His name is Billy and he's 24. Billy just walked into this reality that he has never done sales before. And he's now in this time where he's got to learn how to sell, but he's also in the situation that he has to learn to level up while selling, but he doesn't really know how to sell. So like, what would you tell Billy uh, to do right now? Like what would be some tactical things of how you would approach conversations or um, like what direction would you give him? Yeah. So Billy talk to as many people as possible, colleagues, other sales professionals, but more importantly, your clients, your prospects, and in those conversations, in that dialogue, listen, take notes. I think I remember my first impression of you, Travis, was you ran to grab a notepad to, to take notes. That's super important because that's how you learn. That's how you retain the information. So essentially have that goal, have that plan, take notes, have as many conversations as possible, ask as many questions as possible. God bless us with two ears and one mouth. Listen. There's nothing wrong with silence, nothing wrong with listening, processing what's going on, and then take your time to really write out, what does that mean in your words? What you heard, what does that mean, Billy, and how can you use that going forward? I'm a big believer that the more conversations you can have, the more diversity of people you can meet, the stronger you're going to be. You're now well-rounded instead of just having that little bubble of, I only talk to A, B, and C. Well, what about LMNOP? 
you're missing out. X, Y, Z, you're missing out. So I would say tactically, get on the phone, get on the Zooms, have these conversations, nurture, build these relationships, nurture the relationships and continue to learn while also adding value. And don't be a me monster and just take, 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 take. But think about what can I share and what can I give to that person on the other line that's going to help them elevate their game. I don't care if you're 24 years old and you're new, you've got something that can help somebody else for sure. So that's interesting because I think the world we live in today, right? Accessibility to have these conversations, right? Um, we've all gotten to know each other over a very, very short period of time, right? But it's, there's access to people, there's access to knowledge. And I think, you know, that is part of what you need to take advantage of today. Personally, I've learned so much by having these types of conversations. I'm learning right now. I learned last week and that's kind of what's fueling me right now and really getting me fired up. One of the things I, I, I'm really curious about is because there's going to be things in sales. It's like, you just can't train that, right? You can't train intuition. You can't train empathy, right? How do you, how do you train it? Right? Cause I think as, as leadership, as coaches, we got to look at everything. We got to find a way, right? Is there a training? Is there a topic? Is there something super creative, something that people are like, you can't train that. How have you trained it in the past? There's something really, really special that you've done. Yeah, that's, that's a great question there, Kevin. And I mean, I know this is the innovate podcast, so we're, we're going to think innovatively. Uh, essentially my belief is people, uh, learn by example. And you talked about accessibility of content, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's YouTube, whether it's colleagues, I mean, it's, you get, whether it's books, uh, podcasts, you name it. So, I mean, leading by example, it's our responsibility to really show others the way, to guide them, not to do it for them, but to show them the way in terms of how can you be more empathetic. And I'm a big believer that we're, we're, we're born the way that we're, the way that we are is the way that we were born, but we can continue to hone those skills in. In the role play that I did yesterday, uh, there was a gentleman who went in and on the role play and he was hard selling and he was self-aware enough to realize afterwards uh-oh, that was bad. Now, I can tell you when he actually hops on the real deal call, he's going to handle it a different way. Even though that he's a, a pretty aggressive, pretty uh, he's a hard seller, he, he was able to take that feedback and learn. It's kind of like riding a bike. Actually, best example I have is my daughter, six years old, she's learning to roller skate. I can tell you on Monday, it was a disaster, but I looked on YouTube, how to teach roller skating yesterday. She kept her chin up, which is a key. She, she dropped her hips, which is another key. And she got better. I can tell you by Friday, my baby girl is going to be roller skating <laughs> backwards. So, I mean, how do we empower our sales professionals? We are professionals to continue to elevate their game amongst, uh, amongst all of these different facets, whether, whether it's empathy, whether it's listening, whether it's negotiating, whether it's prospecting, the list goes on and on, but how do we foster that environment? I mean, there's a quote out there that says there's no such thing as presentation talent. It's called presentation skills because they can be improved upon and built upon, and I truly believe that. There's no such thing as sales talent. It's, it's a skill that can be honed in, that can be improved upon. And it's our job to foster that. So I, I love that. And I think, you know, you've come up with a couple examples referring to your children, referring to family, referring to sports. 
I personally believe if you're a high performing human, you're going to be a high performing salesperson, accountant, doctor, right? Whatever profession you are in, I think there's so much transformation uh, and so much uh, sort of similarities in terms of what you do within your personal life and how that applies to your personal, uh, your professional life, right? I know there's a lot with me as being a father. I know there's a lot with me as being within fitness, right? Are there specific things that you can think about that you may practice that may seem like, oh no, this is just me being me in my personal life that actually really resonate and follow through on your professional side? It, it, uh, yeah, I would say the discipline. I mean, I, I look back and we're going to rewind until I was uh, 11 years old. My sister was born when I was 10. My parents bought me a solo hitter, uh, which was, it's, it's a, a tee that was in our basement. And essentially I had to come home, do my homework, practice the clarinet for 30 minutes. I played the clarinet, wanted to play the saxophone. We couldn't afford it. Thought I was Kenny G. And then I had to go down <laughs> 100 swings off of my solo hitter Monday through Friday. I can tell you my homies, they were out at the roller skate and ice skating rink every Friday. I'm in my basement taking 100 swings because my goal was to play varsity uh, as a freshman. My parents said, hey, we're, we're going to give you the ingredients. We'll give you the blueprint, but it's up to you to execute on it. So essentially, I, I took it upon myself. And I mean, I, I know we're not on video, but I still got the calluses on my hand from those 100 swings. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think I started on varsity as a freshman? You better believe it. And I can tell you it was because of the hard work. I'm a little guy. I'm five foot nothing. I'm five foot nine and I round up to six foot, but that's a little <laughs> guy in baseball. But I've got a big heart and it comes from that discipline of knowing that I'm going to put myself in the best position to have success. So that you talked about how uh, reps that are going to be successful are going to be successful in whatever they do. I totally agree. And I've got an acronym. I don't know if we have time, but my acronym is EPIC. And that's what I look for in reps. The E is entrepreneurial spirit. The P is preparation and planning. The I is internal drive and desire. When you get hit with obstacles, you get over them, you get around them, you get under them, and sometimes you got to get through them. And then the C is communication. Those are the things that I look for. And then there's the intangibles, coachability, positive attitude, integrity without compromise. If you bring that total package, show me what you're working with. I will absolutely give you credit, but I'm stealing that epic thing. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like that is now going in my playbook immediately. So thank you for that. That's me learning right here. That's amazing. You want to know something crazy about that, Kev? When we were on that sales happy hour with Morgan, I legit left the room to get the notebook because of Epic. I believe it. I believe it. And it's crazy too, because as you talk about, you know, the goal of, you know, being on varsity as a freshman, and then even like the entrepreneurial drive, the prep, the internal drive, the communication, like these aren't easy things to like, you just mentioned kind of like what some people would think of as a mod podge of, of terms and topics, but like, how did you early on, like, what would you say for someone that doesn't know or have the guidance? Like, like, for example, like one thing I'm thinking of right now is how can we innovate how sales reps learn? Cause like, I think we chatted about this before Kev, like sometimes what happens, you get a book Everyone says, read these three, go do some sales training and sales hood. And then like, you'll be good to go. But I've found that there's definitely a lot of other ways that I've learned to kind of pick up some of these high performing habits outside of the workplace that kind of translated over. So um, could you share some light on that, Larry? 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's kind of like what, what you do in your personal life is generally going to carry over to what you do in your professional life. Um, I, I, I read a lot. Of, I look at a lot of YouTube videos, motivational. Uh, I love reading positive stuff on LinkedIn. And uh, the one that stands out is the, uh, the, the commencement speaker from Texas. And he talked about how if, if you want to get yourself set up for success, make your bed. You guys can't see it, but if I flip my camera around, you'll see that my bed is made. And it's a habit that my wife and I do every morning to get the day started off right. So you're right. The epic, that's all up in the clouds. It's tough to actually execute on, to have the discipline on. But, but it, it really starts from putting yourself out there, getting out of your comfort zone, entrepreneurial spirit, take ownership. You don't have to own your own business to own your outcomes. Uh, preparation and planning, make sure you don't go anywhere without something to write with, without something to write on, uh, to, without something to really learn, to have a, 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 a voice recorder, which we all have on our smartphones. Uh, internal drive, I can't teach that. Either you got it or not. Either you got that burning fire inside, can't teach that. Communication, the more you talk, the more you listen, the more you improve. Positivity, you're the sum. You're, 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 you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. So if you're around people that are negative Nancys, uh, ain't nobody got time for that, like sweet Georgia Brown said. You've got to take it upon yourself to surround yourself with positive people, with positive content, with, with just positivity, if you want to even have a chance. That doesn't mean that you're going to be positive, but at least it gives you a chance. So being able to actually identify, once again, it comes down to goals, identifying the goals and identifying the actual action items of things that I can do to build that skill. And, and I'm going to be, I'm going to offer this out there. I'm open to speak to anyone to help them plan to have success professionally as well as personally. I'm going to put that out there. You know what? So that, that's amazing. I really, really appreciate that, that offer. Um, I'm sure you're going to get flooded with, with asks and requests, but um, the one thing you talked about was ownership, right? Own your outcomes. And I see, I feel like, you know, more and more, uh, you know, there's, there's a sense that, you know, we rely on marketing, we rely on enablement, we rely on collateral, right? Like sales, I think the reality is that, yes, there is a reliance on different departments. However, at the end of the day, it's your paycheck, it's your money, it's your outcome, it's your result. Do you think that, you know, as we're talking about innovation, we're talking about change, I mean, do you think that even just in terms of the, the types of people that are coming into sales, is that changing? you know, are, are people soft, right? Are they just hoping that someone else is going to do it for them? Right? Like, uh, and, and I don't want to go down that, you know, back in my day and I index cards and trying to sell with that. Like, but is it different today because of how much has evolved around sales? That's a great point. And I'm glad you brought that up, Kevin. I just took a note here. There's uh, there's two buckets of people. There's the people that say I failed because of dot, dot, dot. I failed because marketing. I failed because of leads. I failed because of the market. I mean, I got an excuse for every day that ends in why. Figure that one out. The group that I like working with are people that are success in spite of dot, dot, dot. In spite of the market environment, I found a way to be successful. So to answer your question in terms of are people soft, uh, I hear the conversation about millennials. I call BS on it. I call BS. People are people. I have, I've had, I've been fortunate enough to be able to speak with millennials, Gen Z, Gen Y, I get them all mixed up, but people are people. You got older people that ain't about nothing. 
They ain't popping on nothing. And you got older people that are about that life. You got young people that are hungry. I'm a mentor at the NC State Entrepreneurship Clinic, and we did a Zoom meeting two weeks ago. Talk. I had a breakout session on relationships, uh, fostering, developing relationships and networking. And I can tell you those eyes, they were bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. They were salivating at the mouth because they were hungry. That's what I'm talking about right there. So I don't, I don't buy that uh, uh, people are lazy, millennials, youngsters, people are people. I'm looking for the people. I don't care what your age is. I don't care what your background is. If you're a go-getter and a go-giver, we can do work. Like, like Big Black said, do work, son. We can do work. So that's what I'm looking for. If you ain't about that life, I love it. Go-giver, sell more. Love it. That's a book that you got to cop. But essentially, if you're not about that life, we, we can grab a drink, but we can't, you can't be on my team. I love that. I love that. And it, it reminds me of like the, the sports days. And I, I'm like, obviously a little bit younger, but I, for me, realizing that like, if you were playing pickup kickball in the backyard with your friends or pickup baseball, like you always, to, to me, like we always wanted to win growing up. So like we played eat dirt and this is something that people judge me for all the time. And I'm like, it is what it is. Like if you came in last place, it was your duty to eat dirt because you lost the game. And some people call it harsh. Some people like say like, oh, that's what made you guys tough. But the reason I share that story is because like we grew up wanting to compete with each other. And so, like, I'm interested to hear a little bit about how you feel about competition, Larry, and, like, what sorts of ways you either built competition in to your game plan with your team or, like, what ways people can compete and not just for, like, the shiny spiffs that are, are slapped on their quotas, but, like, how can people compete to be the number one, be the number, you know, the top ten in the world at what they do? Like, I feel like that's, that's kind of like a lost art, but, again, I could be speaking off. Nah, number one stunner. You play, I think Herm Edwards said it best. You play to win the game. So, I mean, the, the, the competition, I mean, life is tough. Sales is tough. So, so you got to be tough. You got to be mentally tough to be in this game. I've been fortunate, and I'm, I'm kind of partial to student athletes and athletes. I love it. And, and the reason why I love it is, number one, they have that competitive drive. But even more importantly is the coachability factor. They've been, been coached hard and made to eat dirt and do push-ups and do suicides their entire life. And they realize, if I want to get in the game, put me in coach, I'm ready to play, I better do what it takes to give ourselves the chance to win. And that's in team sports. If you're in an individual sport, it's that competition against the other person as well as against yourself. I'm a, I'm a hacker. I should have been at the Masters today. I got two tickets to the uh, Wednesday practice round to the Masters. I'm going to have to roll that over to November uh, when they reschedule. But essentially in golf, you're playing against the course. You're playing against yourself. And if you're not in that mindset of, hey, I'm going to do what it takes and I'm going to do the hard practice I'm going to take the hard reps. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone to build and to grow. You're going to have a tough run. But it's the same thing in sales. It's the same thing in this four-letter word we call life that we're blessed with each and every day. It's like, hey, I have the opportunity to get better, to compete against myself, to compete against others. And it's having that internal pride, taking pride, not having an ego, but taking pride in being the best that you can be. I'm not trying to be anyone else. 
I'm just trying to be the best Larry Long Jr. And I'm trying to share to my reps and, and, and others out there, be the best that you can be. And if you can look in the mirror and say, yes, I've done everything to be the best that I can be, we're good. Man, that's, that's, that's such an important thing that, again, I think a lot of people forget sometimes. It's like at the end of the day, you're competing for yourself. Like you're giving yourself an opportunity. You're giving your family an opportunity. You're giving um, your future self something to look forward to and be proud of. And so um, as you're thinking about like how you're, you're working and what motivates you, it's just like do it for yourself. Like that's, that's like a huge thing I think is getting missed. So um, thanks so much for, for diving in on that. Um, and especially with the competitive drive that athletes have. And I think like a lot of times when you listen and look at high performers, it's like a lot of times the first place people go are sports, right? So um, definitely, definitely really love that. Um, yeah, you made, you made a great point, Travis. Sorry to cut you off, but essentially high performers are never satisfied. It's, uh, I'll, I'll use the example, Russell Westbrook. What, what did he, for three straight seasons, he averaged a triple-double. Wow. But during the offseason, he's looking to grow his game. He's looking to improve his game. That's who I want on my team. I don't care if you were the top sales rep the last five years. If you're never satisfied and you're always looking to take your game to the next level, learn, grow, and you're open to learning from anyone and everyone, both positive as well as negative. Like, ooh, I don't want to do that. I see that that ain't working. Or, ooh, I never thought about that. The game is changing. Maybe, maybe I need to step my social game up. That's who I'm looking to work with. I think that's who we're all looking to work with. And that's who we're all looking to be when you talk about innovating. You talk about stepping your game up and achieving success and high performance. You, you know what's really interesting? A phrase you've said a few times here is, that's who I want to work with. That's who I want on my team, right? I think you have a very, very clear understanding of what a high performer is and who you want on your team. I think for people that are going and saying, hey, this generation, young people are soft, they're lazy. No, you're just hiring wrong. That's who you're surrounding yourself with, right? People are people. You're absolutely right with that. And I think there are a million examples of young people, of millennials that are out there grinding, working hard, achieving amazing things. But if you're hiring lazy people, you're just hiring lazy people. So I think that the fact that you got it right, <laughs> I think the fact that you have a very clear understanding of what you look for, who you want on your team, and you're not going to bend on that is what is, is, is the foundation, right, of what is allowing you in your career to create these high-performing teams. And then you throw your superpower of just crazy energy, enthusiasm, knowledge, and coaching that's the recipe for success right there. Hashtag truth. <laughs> super facts. I'm, I'm going to make a, 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 a put, I'm gonna put on my whiteboard super facts. And every time someone says something, I'm just going to creep it up from the bottom. Like <laughs> just bring it back down. Um, I love it. Um, I, I'm one thing I'm also curious about Larry, as we uh, start to wrap this up a little bit, is like, what are you currently learning or what way, like what parts of your game are you currently working on? Cause I, that, that's one thing that I feel like it, it's so important. Like I follow um, Tim Ferriss, for example, and he puts out five bullet Friday, things that he's learning, things that he's working on. It's like, what are you currently working on in your game to get better at? 
Yeah, that's a good one. This is near and dear to my heart. Like I said, I'm launching a business, a professional speaking, motivation, inspiration, sales for the sales professional, uh, as well as the non-sales professional training. Uh, I'm launching my own brand and my own business. And uh, what I've had to overcome is that little head in my, that little voice in the back of my head. I'm a pretty confident person. When I was younger, I was cocky, but uh, having uh, suffered the battle wounds of a failed business and now having a lovely family that uh, I have the opportunity to take care of, uh, just really that fear of failure, uh, that fear of uh, making sure that everything is picture perfect before I jump in the deep end. And it took a kick in the butt, a swift kick in the butt for my wife who said, hey, you got to take your own advice. You tell everyone else to do like Nike says, just do it. But you're talking all this stuff <laughs> and she used a different word, but, but you're, you're scared. I said, well, baby, I ain't never scared. She said, well, hey, show me what you're working with. So I'm actually launching. I'm, I'm following my LLC. I got my, uh, got my domain. I'm working on the website and having the support of my family. My kids are helping out with the logo. Uh, my son, 10 years old, is creative. But really, it's, it's not listening to that voice that's saying, hey, Larry, what if? Hey, Larry, don't do it. Hey, Larry, it's like, no, I got to push that out of my mind. And I got to say, hey, be encouraged. This is really God's plan for you is to share this gifting with the masses, not, not just with the, 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 the folks that you get to work with on a daily basis, but really share it with the masses. And it's just having that confidence in my heart, in my head, and now translating it with my mouth and into my actions. So, so before Travis wraps this up, I got to ask you a question because you said something there and I caught on to this and it's a really, really small detail. And I want to, I want to know if you did this on purpose or not, but I was once told that replace the phrase I have to with I get to, right? So instead of it's, oh, I, got, I have to go pick up my kids from school. It's I get to go pick up my, my kids from school, right? The phrase that you use was, I have the opportunity to take care of this family and support this family. Is that a conscious like effort that you kind of rephrase that to put that into like the grateful, gratitude, appreciative, positive mentality of I get, like I have the honor and the, the opportunity to take care of this family versus the latter. You're, you're a very observant person, Kevin. And I know that's Moravian College. Y'all are both representing you and, you and <laughs> y'all are getting after it. But, but yeah, so true. I mean, it's, um, I'm, my faith is strong and I've been blessed every day that I wake up and put my two feet down. I'm blessed. And I believe that all of us are blessed. There, there's so much uh, doom and gloom and yeah, there, there's, uh, there's people dying. That, that it's, it's terrible. But on the flip side, we have the opportunity each and every day to sow into others, to help others accomplish, and uh, you're very observant. I want to share with you, you share with me your, uh, your favorite quote. My favorite quote is Henry Ford, and he says, whether you believe you can or whether you believe you can't, you're right. So for my voice, I got to get that thing out, that, that, that believing that I can't, because it's right. If I believe it, and I think Public Enemy said, don't believe the hype. Shoot, I got to believe that I can and I will. And then, uh, like Nike said, got to just do it. But great, great point there, Kevin. I appreciate you uh, picking up on that. I love that. Attention to details. Attention to details. Um, so, Larry, as we kind of wrap this up, like one, 
I guess like one thing that I want to share with people is like, what can they do to, to connect with you? Like, I know you're busy. I know you mentioned people to read out, but like other ways, let's think innovative here. Like how can someone connect with you? And I'm going to throw some out there. Like maybe it's making a certain post that tags you and says, here are three things that I'm going to try to do this week to change my game or touching on some of the, the, the acronyms that you mentioned, like what's something different that someone can do to stay in touch with you. Just trying to be a little creative here. Yeah. Most recently it was two weekends ago. Uh, I, I connected with a gentleman out of the islands and he sent me a video message that was personalized, customized, that referenced some items from my profile, and it really got my attention. I, I responded back. I said, shoot, if you send me a video, I got to send you a video, dog. So it, it really, it's once again, it's thinking outside the box. Uh, in, in today's world, there's so much sameness. And, and I don't want to be a black box in a sea of black boxes. I want to be a green triangle that people say, whoa. <laughs> well, what's going on here? This ain't your average black box. This is a green triangle. So that's a great one right there in terms of making a post, referencing and tagging, but also video, using video so that I can see that you're a real live person and you've got passion. You've got hunger. You've got an internal fire to get better and to learn. And as well as you've got something that might help me. I mean, shoot, we, uh, uh, I think it's called, the, my favorite radio station is with them. What's in it for me? And that's what most people, their favorite radio station that they listen to when they wake up in the morning, that's what they're jamming to. What's in it for me, my family, my kids, uh, and the goals that I'm trying to accomplish. And if you're on, if you're tuned into that station, you're going to make a lot of good connections. I love it. Well, Larry, thanks so much for your time, your insights, your energy, your stories just thanks so much for everything you share with us today uh super grateful to have had you on um and anybody if you are looking to connect with larry instead of doing the typical send him a linkedin message send him an email let's try to send him a video if you actually have something that you want to ask him so um hopefully that can uh start some chains of events from future episodes where people are doing different uh methods of of external contact and communication so that kind of gives people some practice Travis, Kevin, I got to say, the Greyhounds, you guys represented. Honor and a privilege to join you. I'm so appreciative, and I'm just happy to be down with the king. <laughs> Love it, man. Thanks so much for hopping on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Addicted to Growth. If you learn something new, don't be shy. Let people know. The best way to learn a new skill is to practice day in and day out. Go execute something you just learned this week with your community. Until next time.